wait. No. It's the Dynasty Roundtable now, where we talk about all things Dynasty. It's a slight rebrand, but I think it's more of what the people want. So I'm excited to have our first episode, or whatever you want to call this, of the Dynasty Roundtable. So what are we going to talk about on the Dynasty Roundtable tonight, Mr. Matt Babich? Well, today on the the premiere of the dynasty roundtable, we're going to be diving into the, the hidden values of three running backs going in very similar spots in drafts, cam Akers, Deandre Swift and miles Sanders. We're going to be breaking down those situations and talking about where we stand on these players in dynasty at their current values. We're also going to talk about some headlines. There's, there's a lot of headlines swirling with, with mini camps starting. And so we're going to talk about the number one headline that we're all fading right now in this part of the off season. We're going to talk about some Dynasty ADP bre- breakdowns and startup trends. So, um, and then we're also going to talk about um, some some younger win now players for for win now structures. So, it's going to be a great show. All right, and I think my mic is cutting in and out, so this is uh, unfortunate business. But M- Matt, while I'm fiddling around with my mic, why don't you uh, ask the first question to, to Jonathan there? All right, Jonathan. So this is this is called situational awareness. This week we're going to be breaking down running backs. So we're going to break down the situation of the following running backs. We'll we'll go with one and we'll go all around and then we'll go with another one. Uh, so we're going to talk about their situations, how they're set up to perform in 2023, and then if we're buying or selling at their current dynasty value. So yeah. go ahead, Jonathan, and take away Cam Akers and start breaking that down for us. So yeah, uh, it. Cam Akers, I'm just going to start off. I'm completely out on. Um, he is the 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 show sheet question said, is he set up to smash? And it's like, yeah, but Willie, <laughs> and I, like I just don't know. I'm afraid what's going to happen is we're going to get the Cam Akers effect, where he'll have some modest games and then he'll disappear, and then he'll come back week. 10 through 13 and have like three RB one weeks in a row. And we'll wonder where it's all been. Um, We got the, I just, and I'm kind of jumping the shark here, but it's like, we've got, okay, we're talking about acres, Miles Sanders and Deandre Swift, Deandre Swift and Miles Sanders. If you're like, okay, they're going to finish as an RB two. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fair. Cam makers. The highest he's ever finished was RB 35 because of the way he's cobbled together his career where his rookie year, he did the great playoff run and then he had the Achilles and then he recovered from the Achilles and played in the playoffs and did fine. Then he did really next to nothing this last year, but in the very end, he kind of caught fire at the end. I mean, he was awesome. I don't want to discount. He was awesome at the stretch, but over 17 games, I'm out. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, – I think I'm back. Am I back? You're back. With the microphone? I'm not going to touch this microphone, all right? I'm just going (laughs) to leave it there, and it's going to be fine. If I have to go – if I have to lean all the way up to the microphone to get – this is what I'm going to have to do. Maybe I can shift my camera around or whatever. Anyway, behind the curtain, guys, this is is live television for you. But to answer this question, I mean, clearly, this group of running backs – might be the most frustrating group. I mean, we had such high hopes for DeAndre Swift, and we had such high hopes for Cam Akers when we drafted these guys in 2020. And out of all these running backs, 
I mean, DeAndre Swift has the biggest upside. I mean, when I looked at DeAndre Swift's numbers, as my dogs are going absolutely insane in the back. So we got mic issues. I don't know what my dogs are barking at back there. This is just the beauty of the thing that we do that's, uh, you know, podcasting, but whatever. Um, and, and yeah, the, the dogs. Okay, my audio's clear. There we go. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, 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 cool. Uh, <laughs> so. I'll let Matt answer this question while I go shoot up my dogs up. All right. I'm going to leave. I'll be right back. people. Okay. I feel like this is taken away from the show. So Matt, take it away. For all the PETA folks in the, in, in the, in the chat, he is going to, to safely and calmly <laughs> shut the dogs up. So just getting that out of the way. So, Jonathan, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head when you talked about the frustration of Cam Akers, right? We've seen him in flashes, but that's it. We've seen him in, in two short spurts at different points in his career. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's going to be in a bell cow situation this year. He has no competition. Sean McVay yeah. is now he's went from out to back in on Cam Akers. And so he's going to get opportunity, even with all the, the stuff he went through with attitude issues or whatever it was. He was number 17 of all running backs in opportunity share. And he closed the season with four straight games of 100 total yards, four straight games of 10-plus fantasy points, three straight games of 100-plus rushing yards, and four straight games of two-plus targets. So the opportunity is going to be there. The problem is he's not drawing a lot of targets, which he should. He has the pass-catching ability. He's just not drawing targets. And he hasn't been efficient as a rusher. Hasn't had uh, – he's had a limited goal line and red zone role. And so right now he's valued at RB22 in the eighth round. Mm. At 24 years old, with what he can do in 2023, I'm okay with spending an eighth round startup pick on Cam Akers. But if the if the draft is already concluded, 20 he, the Dominator app says he's worth a 2023 second round pick or first round first pick in the second round in 2023. I'm selling Cam Akers at that price if my league is if yeah. my dynasty league is in full swing. You have Kendra Miller, Roshan Johnson, James Cook, just to name a few behind cam Akers and dynasty value and if i can get roshan for cam Akers plus if i'm a cam Akers manager in dynasty mm-hmm. I, I i would have done it probably two months two plus months ago um in fact in my only league i would have had the option to do that i have now both roshan johnson and cam Akers, and i'm fairly happy about it but when when we talk about the pure value it, it makes sense but when we talk about the opportunity cost of passing up somebody like kendra miller or roshan johnson in a startup draft potentially um yeah, I, I agree with you, John. I'm out on Cam Akers too. I'm yeah. in for 2023. I think he's gonna. If, if we're this is not a redraft podcast, but yeah, 2023 <laughs> Cam Akers is set up to set up to succeed. So, John, how about Miles Sanders? Yeah, uh, he's my favorite of the three. Um, and I did not when again when I saw their names, I was like, oh, I hate them all. I'm like. I think Seth, I think your dogs are just all zero RB enthusiasts. They want their first running back to be, you know, Chuba Hubbard or something. But Chuba um, Hubbard. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was gonna say though is I, I came in like not liking any of them. And then it's like I thought I was like, okay, let's read up on Miles Sanders. It's like, okay, he's in a committee, but it's not like the Philadelphia committee, there's less competition. You know, you've got Chuba, you've got um, Raheem Blackshear, just not a lot of comp. They'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring someone in. 
Um, but something I found interesting is they have two, the Panthers have two offensive linemen that finished inside the top 10 and run block win rate. And on, that's Austin Corbett and Bradley Bozeman. And then they have the second year uh, offensive tackle, Akeem Ikwanu. Um, he was, I want to say he was a, four, a fourth overall pick. And I didn't get that. And I should have gotten that, but it was a fourth overall pick. Um, who did flash at times and showed some really good play on run blocking. He's set up to be a, a good RB2 in a landscape where running back is kind of not great. So I, I, he's my favorite out of these three. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of like how much risk do you want to take with your team? Because I think Swift has the most upside out of all of these three players. And I don't know if we're going to talk about Swift individually or not mm. later, but, um, but yeah, Miles Sanders, it's, he's, you'd think he's going to have all the opportunity he wants to have. I mean, right now and at, at player number 30, uh, keep or not 30, number 90, according to keep trade cut, he's right about the same range for player profiler. So that's not, you're not getting an insane value, uh, there, but I mean, he's finished as an RB two in fantasy points per game, three out of four years. They gave him a significant contract. I mean, eleven million guaranteed is nothing to sneeze. I mean, yeah. it's more than the David Montgomery contract. So they they are telling us that they wanted uh, Miles Sanders there. My question is this though: How good is this Carolina offense gonna be? I mean, like, how involved is he gonna be in the passing game? Can he get back to the 50 or so receptions he had as his rookie year? I mean, possibly. I mean, Bryce Young is mobile, but not really that mobile. Um, and so Who else maybe, are going to throw to? Yeah, I mean, it's Thielen, Shark, Terrace Marshall, Mingo. I mean, take your pick. Like, I like I like Miles Sanders as a you know as an RB too, but. For my risk taking, uh, you know, you know, like if I, if you're if you're feeling lucky, then Swift's the answer. But Sanders is going to be the more consistent answer here. I think. What, what let, do you think, Matt? Let me answer your question with another question. Okay. Do you think their Carolina Panthers offense is better or worse than it was last year? It'll it'll be better. I mean, well, DJ Moore's gone. The quarterback. I mean, the, the quarterback's got to be an upgrade. As much as I don't really like Bryce Young, the quarterback's got to be an upgrade over what they had. So it'll be better. And, and the Carolina offense that was worse last year was 12th in team run plays per game. So if we're projecting, they're going to get better and the rest of the NFC South, isn't going to get that much better along with them. Then we're looking at probably realistically still just a top 15 rushing volume offense. This is the type of, of game that they're built for. And they're certainly not going to make Bryce young, make all of the plays and, and push the offense forward. If they have, if they don't have to, he's a rookie. So, I think Miles Sanders is is set up to have probably one of the highest volume rushing seasons he's had. If you consider the fact that he's going to be in a very similar situation, but now with a with a quarterback who's going to be taking off a whole lot a whole lot less often. This is a runner who he's efficient. He's had four four point seven plus true yards per carry in three straight seasons. Two point seven plus yards created per touch in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. He had an eight breakout run breakaway run rate in 2021 and he excelled in the red zone role this season. So I, I know I'm picking the little bits and pieces across a couple different seasons, but the point is we've seen this before in miles Sanders and last year was really the only time in his entire career in Philadelphia that they decided to let him loose. He had 50 catches on 63 targets. I don't expect 
those numbers again, like his rookie season numbers in Carolina, but I, I expect it to be greater than 25 receptions. Sanders is going to finish much closer to RB12 this season than 24, and you can you can book that. But 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 DeAndre Swift catches passes though. Like that's to see this is like number 10. You don't think about it, but when he plays, and yeah, he's probably gonna the thing with DeAndre Swift is he's probably gonna miss a few games. And but when and he's gonna be sporadic. Uh I hate to use the term better in best ball, but he might be. You know, that might, might be true because just going through his game log, I mean, he's got an RB, RB3, RB6, RB39, you know, then he goes RB4 to RB30. He's like a <laughs> Katy Perry song. He's like, you know, hot, you know, there's not much. It's like when, he, but he's getting all these targets though, like, which is what I, like the gambler in me is like, oh, DeAndre Swift, you know, like, but anyway, and it's points per game, fantasy points per game, but number 15. Eight Two totally 15. different situations, though. Yeah, he's going from a, a a talent devoid offense that was funneling targets through Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then for a portion of the season, sometimes T.J. Hawkinson, who he was only getting like six targets a game or something like that in Detroit. But and then he's going to be shifted into a very consolidated target share between Brown, Smith, and Goddard. And I, I fully understand that there is a chance that DeAndre Swift has a ten plus percent target share in Philly, and and they traded for him to get him involved in the passing game. But I also think it's equally as realistic that Sanders not being involved in the passing game was more of a personnel and we're not going to be a check the ball, check the ball down type of team. And I just want to add on to that also, you know, Jared Goff isn't scrambling for first downs like uh, Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts is going to take away more of those check downs with rushing attempts. It's a good point. That's a really good yeah. point. So a lot of those targets out of the back, and you got to think Kenny Gainwell's there. So I'm willing to concede this to you, but the risk taker in me is like, Swift, <laughs> Swift is the upside of Swift. But yeah, it's, I think, yeah. It's all about weighted opportunities at the end of the day, right? And, and I think Swift is going to get the edge in, in the pass catching game most likely, but Sanders is going to have a higher volume of, of goal line work given the given the situation in Carolina yeah. and, and that's going to, that's going to outweigh it when he scores another nine touchdowns. Yeah. So if we had to rank them consensus ranking, like weighted rankings out of all, all of us three, we're probably going Sanders one, even though I'm going to throw a Swift vote in there, <laughs> Swift number two, and then Cam Akers number three, because I'm also, I didn't get to talk about Cam Akers. I'm right in line. I'm, I'm pretty much over Cam Akers right with you guys. Yeah. Um, because if you look at, I mean, he's had plenty of opportunity, uh, to show us what he can do in my opinion. And just the efficiency numbers aren't there really. I mean, uh, definitely not in line with these other two options here. So, um, I mean, number, what was it? Number, um, not, number 43 and true yards per carry. I, he, again, he's playing behind a bad off- offensive line, number 51 and run block rating. But the problem there is a 4% target share for Swift. He's yeah. not catching passes out of the backfield in an offense that where he should be, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I didn't, I didn't necessarily think that I would be that going in, but that's where I'm at. And yeah. so I think that's where we, uh, where we rank them. So, yeah. So Seth, you're, you're in line with the FFPC consensus right now, which is Deandre Swift, Sanders, and then acres. And then John and I are, are flipped with Sanders Swift and then, and then acres. Yeah. But let us know in the chat who you prefer. 
as we as we transition to this next question here and we are doing this startup jared dean i'm looking forward to it the dynasty yes, roundtable startup it is full right now so apologies there uh if we couldn't get you in but there's going to be more opportunities for leagues in the future so just keep keep tapped in keep keep with us and you'll you'll get there i promise um so the question that i have for you jonathan Mm-hmm. is that these dynasty, this dynasty ADP breakdown. So the FFPC has this yeah. report, this ADP report, and there's some trends there as well. So who are some people that you're looking to fade in upcoming drafts? So I have monitored the YouTube chat and I'm about to be silenced. Someone's about to come at my door right now because I want to talk about Jonathan Mingo. Oh, and no. as as a Jonathan, I can talk about Jonathan Mingo. I just I don't get his ADP. Um, it's it just feels a little in, in a startup. I can understand in a rookie draft. I'm not gonna hate on uh, Mingo in a rookie draft, but in a startup, he just seems kind of rich for my blood, considering the production that he did at Old Miss. Um, let me get his play profile up here. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm looking at his profile here, and it's like he it seemed like he had one good year, his four-year career at college. Um, and it wasn't even but like 50 receptions. Let's bring it back up here. This is what Harry Snowman had to say. So he says, I know I said all that dr- into the draft that I did not like Mingo's catch rate, but he looks smooth in camp. Yeah, uh, you just got to be uh, wary of the smooth and camp, you know. Yeah, That's, it's just anyway. scary to me. And it's like, I know this doesn't really answer everything, but it's like, honestly, I'd rather go. I have it here later. So I'd rather wait and like at the end of round nine, get Tyler Lockett, even if it's for two seasons or even, you know, if, take a similar bet instead of Mingo, wait three more rounds and go get Sky Moore. And you get a second round receiver yeah. that, and you don't know, you know, you're buying a dip there. Um, I just, it feels like Mingo is a rookie hype train that got a little out of control. And I don't, I think he'll be fine, but I just, I question where he's going right now. He's going at pick 118. So that's, bef- that's around uh, the 10th round. Yeah. Right, so right at just, the end of the 10th. Yeah, I'd rather just wait and get, especially Sky Moore, I'd rather just wait and just go do that and get at least some Chiefs exposure there. Yeah. Ed just had a really good comment. I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to feature it if we can, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like that deserved some spotlight. Yeah. So anyway. there are two trends that I'm looking to fade, draft trends I'm looking to fade right now. I, I could not decide and limit it to one, so I'm going to briefly go over both of them. First of all, if you are drafting Jerry Judy over Michael Pittman Jr. in a dynasty startup, you are telling on yourself. One in Michael Pittman is an an alpha with proven route running prowess. The other is a route loser who relies on deep passes to produce. And Judy's 8.5% touchdown rate, which is fairly high, is causing folks to spiral into the madness of confirmation bias. And now that Sean Payton is coming in and, and there's all this, this hype around the offense, are we not better than avoiding arguments that are purely personnel-driven, front office-driven? I, I, have we not learned our lesson 
just because Sean Payton was coaching his kids' youth football team during his break or whatever he was doing and, and comes back because he handpicked the Broncos and they traded a first-round pick. That doesn't mean that this is going to turn around or that Jerry Judy's all of a sudden going to increase in opportunity. He's not that good, and I'd rather bet on the player who is good, even if he's two years older, similar argument to the one that Jonathan just made. So I'm out on Jerry Judy at his price. Secondly, what more does Daniel Jones have to do to get you people to to respect him? A QB 17 in this economy? We are in a recession, folks. He only had, speaking of recession, he only had 15 passing touchdowns last season, yet finished as the QB 10. He's 26 years old on a fresh contract extension in an offense that I think we can all agree is going to be fantasy relevant for the next four or five years. Young Bryce Young and CJ Stroud have played zero downs in the NFL. We have no idea how good they are. How can you justify them over Jones and Dynasty right now? What's the justification that they were drafted high? Okay, I'll take Daniel Jones at a discount and and I'll see you in the championship. I'll see your Daniel Jones because you're you're. I think you almost took my thunder, but you didn't quite take it because the per, the I'm 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 going to add to your point, but it might take me a while to get there. So I don't understand. Somebody's going to have to explain it to me. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, let me tell you, according to Keep Trade Cut, our, my favorite thing to look at, just because I, I'm just like, oh, my goodness gracious. Um, Bryce Young currently is ranked ahead of these quarterbacks, and I couldn't believe it when I saw it. He's ranked ahead of Deshaun Watson, T- Dak Prescott, Tua, Daniel Jones and Geno Smith, who just finished as the quarterback eight in fantasy football. So you're taking a bet on a quarterback who doesn't have DK Metcalf, who doesn't have Tyler Lockett, who doesn't have JSN, who doesn't have Kenneth Walker. Like the best offensive weapon that Bryce Young has might be Miles Sanders. I mean, he's got Adam Thielen, Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo. I mean, it's not even close and he's proven it before. And you think that just because he's a rookie and he's younger and he's a quarter, like just because he's of the age factor and the rookie just fever, how is, how is he ranked ahead of these quarterbacks, including Daniel Jones? If you want to go the younger route, if you say, okay, well, Geno Smith's 32, fine. Take Daniel Jones. Then (laughs) Daniel Jones is a younger quarterback and he's mobile and he proved and he's proven it to you. I think he was quarterback nine last year. Some, some, I mean, he's proven it. So I just, I don't understand. And the size, I, I keep coming back to the size too with Bryce Young. I mean, he'd be an outlier, the second outlier. I know he's, he was a little bit bigger at the combine, but I suspect he was drinking many waters that day. <laughs> so, and just shoving hamburgers down his goal. I mean, I, it, he looks small and slight. So, and, and then C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is being uh, right, drafted ahead of all of those players except for Deshaun Watson. And I, when I watch C.J. Stroud, I watch the Big Ten pretty carefully, I see a more athletic Jared Goff. And that's what I see. I And Jared Goff's getting drafted way later. You know, like I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. Somebody's going to have to explain those two players to me and why people love them so much. Uh, anyway, not, not really – either guys not really either that mobile not nowhere near as mobile as daniel jones that's for sure so that baffles me that those two guys baffle me and i 
I'm right there with you. Daniel Jones is is how can you not like Daniel Jones? I mean, didn't he go in the third or fourth round of a mock startup that player profiler just did? Didn't Derek Brown take him there? I mean, and then in, in your drafts that you're gonna do with your buddies, he's gonna go way later. So you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta go get Daniel Jones. Are we gonna clickbait off more athletic Jared, more athletic Jared Goff? <laughs> I spent just, I spent so long I don't, crafting crafting up these statements. And then Are I'm you serious? By, I'm going to get beat by more athletic Jared Goff. I know for what, a fact. What was your comp? What was your comp? What, what did you write? What did you write down? Well, I didn't. I didn't comp him to anything. Oh. I'm talking about. I'm talking about these quotes that were that are going to be put on social oh, media after okay. the show. <laughs> I, I mean, we're going to have someone do you like Jason Allwine and find your phone number if they if they see <laughs> CJ Stroud as a more athletic Jared Goff. I mean, he's not necessarily in Houston playing with Marvin Harrison Jr. or. Emeka Abuka, or however you say his. I mean, those two talk. Those two guys are going to be first round picks too. Yeah. So it, it's, ma- uh, it makes sense. It's just a rude sounding comp. Like you, Jared you hear that, and and you just it sounds icky. Jared Goff's fine. Like if he turns out to be Jared <laughs> yeah. Goff, that's a success. That's like, a win. Could, yeah. Like Jared Goff took a team to the Super Bowl. I mean. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if he takes Houston to the Super Bowl? I mean, come on yeah so there you go I'm, it's a it's a it's a praise it's high praise jared goff it's a good comp i think uh let's see joe carlton yeah but that's like the one him and doug flutie is really it you know that's it's concerning i don't think you can argue that it's not concerning uh so i think it's informative segment time so Indeed. as i'm going to pull up an informative segment with the Podfather. And stick with us, though, because we have more Dynasty talk, more outrageous comps or whatever, you know, <laughs> that we're, we're doing on this show. And just let me find the right one because I can never find it. And here we go. Here we go. An informative segment from the Podfather. Hopefully this is not an end screen. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. Or you can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks. Our brand new data analysis package will blow your hair back. And of course, there's our Dynasty Deluxe and our DFS Dominator. Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. And I do want to mention, I do want to mention. That Trade Gods is an amazing show that is on tomorrow night at the same time as we air at 7 p.m. Central Time. Jason Alwine, Maddie Kiwum, you got to check it out. They break down one of my favorite things in the world. I think maybe if you're watching the show, it's, it's also your favorite thing in the world. More important than, say, your family or, you know, some other things. Dynasty Trades. I mean, on Trade God. So go check out that show at 7 p.m. Central Time. But, Matt, 
it's headline season, isn't it? It's there's, uh, there's scuttlebutt is in the air. There's, there's scu- a lot there's, of them. There's uh, you know, gossip. You know, everybody's looking good. So what? Uh, you know, what headlines? Uh, what do we? What do we do with these headlines? Well, most of them we can we can take with a grain of salt because it's it's gonna be i'll read through some of these after we finish going around and talking about you know which ones we're buying where we're buying and selling but first i want to start with with Bijan robinson i know there's been if you have watched billy muzio on any podcast he's done for for player profiler recently you know that that he's not exactly where everyone else is on Bijan robinson and i tend to be closer to where he stands so the the headline says Bijan Robinson is is headed for a committee, and I am buying that. Is he going to be the majority shareholder of this committee? Of course. But another headline simultaneously that I'm buying is Tyler Algier will not just go away. You you do not just simply erase a rookie who had a thousand yard season, over five yards per touch, ranked twentieth in true yards per carry, eighteenth in breakaway run rate, and fifteenth in juke rate, and did that while facing the eighth highest stacked front carry rate, which is eight plus defenders in the box. That doesn't just go away. You have Cordero Patterson there too, who he's a talented playmaker. He could be used a lot in the passing game as well. So these guys just aren't going away. And if the Falcons have any intelligence to them, I know it didn't show a lot by drafting a running back that high, but if there's any intelligence there, they are going to protect their asset that they spent so much capital on and they will utilize all of these players to the best of their ability. And, and so Bijan Robinson is just way too overvalued in year one. He's headed for a, a slight committee there in Atlanta. And then something I'm selling is, is Paris Campbell. We got to We got to pump the brakes <laughs> on Paris Campbell. And this is coming from a, a Paris Campbell truther. Like I believe <laughs> that Paris Campbell is a good football player. I believe he looks a lot better in shorts. I believe the allure of Paris Campbell in the offseason has generally outweighed what has actually come to fruition. He didn't do a lot with some significant opportunity. And I'm also ju- the the take stems from Paris Campbell is not taking Wandell Robinson's job long term or, or or short term, really. Robinson won routes at an insane 54% clip as a rookie and garnered a 20% target share immediately. He was propelling that passing game. When he was healthy and this was in the beginning of his rookie season if you know robinson is efficient with his with his opportunity campbell is not campbell is a decoy a Kadarius tony he's not a a true wandale robinson and, and i don't care if he's five eight you know if you i'm buying the dip on wandale robinson if we think that paris campbell is really gonna take his role long term I, I will i will take as many shares as i can possibly get yeah, real life Real life trade here involving one Paris Campbell. It's sitting in my inbox right now. We're, we're swerving off road. Paris Campbell. I'm a win now team, so I, my team's good. Should I trade him straight up for Odell Beckham? What do you think? Or is that just not? <laughs> I just like truly do not. I think I would. I think I would, but there's not a lot of conviction behind there. All right. I should, I should probably ask for more then if you yeah. guys are like. Yeah, I don't know. I would rather have a pick of equal capital. I'd rather just take a dart throw on. Yeah. Cause there's not a lot there's there's not a lot of guaranteed volume for Odell. It's a yeah. fairly low volume passing offense. The Giants aren't the highest volume passing offense either, but Paris Campbell could be getting, you know, jet sweeps on the three yard line and like scoring yeah. touches to score. I just don't 
I don't think either are desirable. And if you have to play either in your dynasty league, you're probably not feeling too good about your chances that week. Gotcha. All right. Jonathan, which headlines are you buying? Which headlines are you selling? Uh, Yeah, I've got one that I'm buying. I'll be quick on and two that I'm selling. The one that I'm buying, a player that was actually mentioned on the show last week, uh, Elijah Moore, man. Um, Mm. Just that dude, he is making plays all over practice. Um, I did a little study here. Uh, The last two or the last two seasons, the Jets had nine weeks where a wide receiver finished as a wide receiver one or higher in the last two seasons. Moore had only had just two of those performances, and that's with Wilson, that's with Flacco, Strevler, uh, just <laughs> Strevler. Yeah. Forget, forget about Strevler. Yeah, the goat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's happening, and I will say this: just I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be a little uh, shady about this, uh, a little cryptic, but I've done a little work on this draft kit. And I had to do oh, some yeah. work on Deshaun Watson. The Browns are going to be a good offense this year. They're going to be good. The two guys that I'm selling, selling, I'll be really quick on this, is two Pittsburgh receivers. Allen Robinson and Hakeem, as the podfather calls him, Hakeem Bustler. <laughs> Couldn't believe those were headlines. <laughs> I was reading it and I was like, what did I, what was in my coffee this morning? What is going on? Like, really? And, it, and, and the funny thing is, it said, Hakeem Butler is a perfect fit as a deep threat for the Steelers. And then Allen Robinson impressed every facet in OTAs. So you're telling me that a team with Pat Fryermuth a team with Deontay Johnson, a team with George Pickens, who I'm not even a Pickens guy. Like I'm fine with him, but you're telling me with that core. And then, Oh, by the way, you've got uh, the tight end uh, Darnell Washington, who he seems like he's going to be getting some red zone looks. You're telling me that these receivers are going to just stop it. They're going to contribute on special teams. Stop it. Uh, Ugh. No, I I couldn't believe that was the one I saw too. I was like, really? What are we <laughs> I, doing here? Yeah, what are we doing um, here? Exactly. I'll I'll tell you the one I'm buying, like hook, line, and sinker is the fact that Chase Claypool is not the most motivated individual <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Uh, yep. And that that trade is uh, aging very, as they say, poorly. Uh, I think that's it one of the when one it of happened. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I could understand the rationale in the moment. I, I but yeah, it's just a, a huge overpay uh, for a receiver. I mean, whenever Pittsburgh's trading a, a wide receiver, trading uh, Pittsburgh's a really smart organization. So whenever you're making a move with Pittsburgh, chances are you know you you might not end up on the winning side of that. But yeah, that was that's not looking like a great trade. Uh, and I, I'm buying that one. I'm selling the fact that every one of these rookie wide receivers looks fantastic. Literally (laughs) you look on the page. It's like Addison. He looks great. JSN. He's the best receiver (laughs) in the entire world. Quentin Johnston. Oh, like the second coming of Andre Johnson or how could you not love this man? He's going to put up a million fantasy points. Um, Yeah. It's I, 
let's i i they gotta they gotta show me they, they we gotta we gotta get out of shorts and uh t-shirts um before i uh, and and i'll 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 go ahead and throw out one that i'm kind of concerned about not super concerned yet maybe my concern level is a four out of ten is jk dobbins because i think this is a real situation with this contract and it's a running back that i really like it's not necessarily a running back that catches passes which is always you know i like to target those running backs that catch passes but this ravens offense likely going to crank up the pass volume maybe lamar runs a little bit less i don't know but dobbins if you don't know is sitting out of minicamp and while I don't think that's a huge deal, this is a big deal for Dobbins because aside from Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, they don't really have much behind him. I mean, Dobbins is one of the most efficient runners if you look at his efficiency metrics. Mm-hmm. And I, he has a, I, I'm guessing he's going to see more than, I think it's eight targets that he got last year in, in limited time. I'm guessing he's going to get more than that. Um, so that's the situation to monitor. And I'll, I'll also say that Tyler Tyler Algier is not dead yet. I mean, he put up good efficiency metrics last year too. Number 12 in breakaway runs, like Matt said. He, Matt did a great job of saying break he said breakaway runs multiple times in this episode and he's done a great job because I always miss I, I my like a, a speech impediment just comes up whenever I try to say breakaway runs. Yeah, I just got to slow down. <laughs> yeah. So, number in number 20 in true yards per carry too and uh, while he didn't see many targets out of the backfield, I think Marcus Mariota, we can all agree, was terrible and liked to run around. So that's probably a reason why. Um, and for Bijan, I mean, I don't think it's really – I mean, I think you buy the dip when when he struggles to start out the season because I think he likely will. I mean, you remember Jonathan Taylor. That was kind of – like kind of a season I see for Bijan is Jonathan Taylor's rookie year where he starts out kind of slow – and figures it out later on and people are selling way too soon. And that, you know, that could happen that, you know, Bijan could come in right away and just dominate. I kind of doubt it, but if Bijan struggles at first, that's when you're going to see Seth come in and scoop up some more, you know, get some more exposure to Bijan Robinson, because that's, I think how you play the dynasty game is you kind of try to buy low on a trend that you see as, well, yeah, he's a rookie. He's probably going to struggle at first, but he is a, a, freaking great talent so he talent will win at at the end of the day so most of the time so we need a revolution in in sports journalism where journalists stop asking players their opinion on other rookies as if that's like a huge headline um if i can go back to one it, it made a headline that von miller said that kid dalton kincaid is insane and that was like the headline was like Kincaid <laughs> impressing a camp. Come on, what are they gonna say? Yeah, Kincaid's really he's, not getting it going. I'm not really kind, impressed. He's kind of an a hole. We yeah. don't really like him. <laughs> I can cover him any day of the week. He's so yeah. like, well, yeah. what are we talking about? Let me read these headlines for the people. Jordan Addison is expected to play all across the offensive formation as a rookie. Zay Flowers has been impressive with his ability to consistently get open. Coaches and players have been effusive in their praise of rookie receiver Quentin Johnston. Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore saying his range is really, really tremendous. Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith said of Jackson Smith and Jigba, quote, he's so impressive. Lions quarterback Jared Goff said rookie Jameer Gibbs can do some special things with the ball in his hand. 
CJ Stroud has rarely been off target and his ball placement has stood out in spring practices. It's a cesspool of compliments. <laughs> I we will say it. though, <laughs> I will say if there just so happens to be a negative comment, you could, you better believe that they probably mean it though. You yeah. know, like probably, I, I don't know. It's Th- those uh, are for the third yeah, round, yeah. like third round pick second years, like David Bell. You don't get it. You don't get off season hype when you're David yeah. Bell, right? The, the, the second that situation happens, it's yeah, you're struggling to see, to, to see the roster. Yeah. But yeah. up until that point, it's it's all it's all hype. Everyone looks it, good in shorts. Yeah, it's I've always heard too, like take the good news with like a grain of salt, but the bad news, like, oh, okay, yeah, this is serious. Like that's all I've always took it as. Yeah. Malik Willis is looking great at the <laughs> age, by the way. Yeah. Anyway. Uh so Mr. Babbage, what's the how we how we, how should we end this show? Well, we we're at the forty-two minute mark. We got one more question. Uh, what what we, what is that question? So we've, this is an interesting way that we've decided to start doing these questions, Matt. Would you I'm like terrible. To I'm, I'm terrible. See, this is what happens. I'm just gonna let the people know what goes on around here. I'm terrible. I I just ask the questions and I lose track of who asks what question. So I. And we only have four questions on the show sheet, so it tells you the limited capacity that my mind has to navigate through conversation. So we're we'll working on it. We'll start color coding on it. We'll color code them. Yeah, we can. Yeah, well, this is Seth's red, questions. Red Matt. means stop. Green means go. <laughs> go yeah, green means go, go ahead and ask the question. Maybe we get some pictures next to them, you know, because my reading <laughs> level might not be that good, you know. So, uh, okay, well, hold on, hold on. We, we Johnny's got a question. So he's ooh roundtable friends. Can I get your input on Cooper Cup versus DK Metcalf versus Tyreek Hill for this upcoming season? I can't decide who to trade uh, for, but I'm gonna sell my future for one for for one. My I hope you're a win now team. I wouldn't sell your future. I I hope you don't sell like your house or anything like that. That would be bad. This is just fantasy football, so I don't know what you mean by future. But don't I mean I don't know if any of these wide receivers are worth it. But what do you think, guys? Cooper Cup. Metcalf or Hill, they seem like all good options to me, but I think one one sticks out, maybe two. What do you think? Uh, I'll go first. Um, DK Metcalf would be last for me. Um, it's between yeah. Cup and Hill. Uh, DK Metcalf has some real target competition uh, with two other guys. Uh, Cup has no target competition, but he's coming off an injury – there's a little bit of uncertainty there. Tyreek Hill, and I'll, I'll give credit here in the chat to the Harry, Harry Snowman. You know, with the news that just came out today, he's acting mischievous. You know, a couple months ago, he said he's only got, he's only going to play till he's 30. So he has two years or three years, something like that. So maybe it should be Hill. I think I'd lean Hill. I, I like the idea of getting Hill on a discount with the recent misdemeanor news, but I don't think. The guy said really straightforward, like he does not plan on pressing charges or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a pretty unlikely situation that I'm going to raise my head a little bit. So I'm above the, above the question. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I'm going to do Sorry. a controversial. No, you're good. I'm going to have a controversial. I'm just being funny. I'm going to have a controversial <laughs> answer like here. Below the question. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. I think I think Cup. Uh, I think Cup has the. No, nah, never mind. I'm gonna go with Tyreek Hill. I just I switched it. 
Harry Snowman says Cup's schedule is brutal for matchups this season. I'm not um, a schedule warrior, but like if I, yeah. I, I guess like Cooper Cup has the has that ability to finish as wide receiver one again in fantasy points per game. But I'll I'll take a a Tyre I'll take Tyreek Hill who will likely be you'll have a few more years out of him. So if you're leveraging your future, you you have a slightly bigger window with Hill than than with Cup. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, but I, I still think Cooper Cup's gonna gonna have a monster year. I mean, he has no car- target competition in a in an offense with a bad offensive line. It's probably not gonna be able to run the ball. Probably not gonna be a very good team in a division with San Francisco and Seattle. So they're probably gonna be playing catch up a lot. I think it's an intriguing situation. But that, I mean, it's hard to argue with the upside of a Tyreek Hill. I mean, yeah. the guy can just has obviously the best wide receiver in fantasy football upside on a weekend week out basis. So yeah. does Cooper cup, but I just like the situation a little, a little bit better. Do you think Jalen Waddle plays in here or like, or is it just like, uh, there's, we, we proved it last year that there's room both for both of those guys in that offense. Yeah. Th- there's room for both of them to flourish and both be wide receiver ones. Um, I can't remember the stat, but it's like the last few years, there's been an NFL team that's been able to produce two fantasy wide receiver ones. Gosh, I want to say it was like over the last five years, there's always been a team that was able to have two wide receivers finish as wide receiver one. Yeah, they have an ultra consolidated target share in Miami, and they did not add any significant threat to, yeah. to break that up. So definitely possible for them to be both top 12 receivers. I think Tyreek Hill is a top five receiver this year in fantasy. But it's interesting that – you know, we talk about a win now structure and somebody to to leverage your win now build on. And naturally, we name a 30 year old, a 29 year old, and then Metcalf, who's on the younger side, who is his nearing 26. So typically, as most dynasty player, as most experienced dynasty players will know, the, the win now team is generally targeting veterans. But you know, we're in an era where Roethlisberger retired, Manning's retired, the other Manning's retired, Brady's retired, Breeze is retired. This this era of of football that we we are used to watching is is kind of finally on on the outskirts, and now we have an entire new era that we're going to in in ten years look back on when when they are starting to retire as well. So we're in an era now where win now teams can leverage a lot of youth right now to build their win now teams and also prolong that that dominance into the future. So we'll start with Jonathan. Who are some what who are some win now players that are 24 years and under? So I, I have one and I kind of have a lot to say about this player. And I kind of preface this as you know, when you're going win now, but you want a younger player, chances are earlier in the draft you're getting those vets, the Cooper Cups, you know, the Tyree Kills, you're getting a slightly older player. So I wanted to go with someone that was going around the ninth round, and that's Greg Dulcich. Okay. Dulcich only played half the season last year, and it's probably best because it was horrible in Denver last year. But in even playing in those 10 games, he finished 10th among tight ends in air yards, third in deep targets, and seventh in target separation. But we talked about hot pieces. Sean Payton said this in uh, early June. I think it was the first week of June. He said, I've been lucky enough that I've had Jeremy Shockey, Jason Witten, Jimmy Grant, and I'm probably leaving out a few guys, Peyton said. 
I'm not saying this young player like them, but Dulcich has got traits that are exciting today, and today was one of those days where you begin to have a vision. He later said that the Joker player, which he called Dulcich the Joker, it's not just a running back or a receiver, or it's not just a receiver, it's a running back or a tight end with exceptional ball skills, and then you can work matchups. He said Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles, Alvin Kamara all play the Joker role. He could be a big boom if this all works. I mean, granted, it's a lot of stretching, but I would be I would be targeting him later in drafts. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, he had multiple tight end one weeks last year yeah. and just a huge value. Um, so that's a great one at, the, at tight end in a, in a landscape where you don't have Kel- if you don't have Kelsey or Andrews, yeah. you're kind of grasping at straws sometime and. Somebody beat me to it in the chat, but and I, I maybe I'm gonna steal, um, you know, Matt's thunder here because I know he likes to talk about this player. But I think two players right now that are super underrated, and I've talked about one of them already last week, is those Atlanta pass catchers, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I mean, if you don't know, I mean, Drake London's only 21 years old, and Kyle Pitts is 22 years old. And they're going in, in about the third, fourth round, give or take, in a super flex dynasty startup, depending on what your settings are, is what I'm seeing. A lot of times in the fourth round. And my, I think that is, for these players, especially Kyle Pitts, I could see that really, I could see either one of them jumping up. I mean, Kyle Pitts was a first round pick in a tight end premium super flex startup league last year. Drake London, I could see these guys being first second round picks maybe second round picks with the super flex um and also it's kind of if desmond ritter is good then that's good for them if desmond ritter is not good then guess what they're getting a new quarterback because desmond ritter is only a third round pick you know they don't have much invested in him at all so london and and i i totally agree so fantasy football ninja go go check him out he's talking about london on his channel um He's talking about London as a PPR stud. I totally agree. I, and, and it's just some more just to go down the list because this is one of my favorite things to do in Dynasty. And I was so happy when Matt put this on the on the show sheet is getting win now pieces that are also younger pieces. I mean, Kenneth Walker. I mean, I don't know what Kenneth Walker did to anybody. I mean, they draft Zach Charbonnet and then Kenneth this. I mean, you look at College Dominator. You look at the season he had last year. I mean, Kenneth Walker is a stud. Um, Brock Purdy. Uh, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Multiple sharp people that like Billy Muzio, Jax Falcone, multi, I don't even know if that's how you say it. I, I want to say like Falcone, like I'm um, Batman. <laughs> Pretty uh, sure it's but, Jax. Yeah, Jax Falcone, I think. Jax Falcone. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Brock Purdy in a super flex league, I feel is very underrated right now. And I'm not, I think I'll stop because I, I'll, I'll just stop right there. Because uh, there are some more posts, like like guys who are getting ranked lower than 100, like like out of the top 100 guys that I like, like Sky Moore we mentioned. I mean, yeah. Sky Moore has a real chance to be the top target getter in Kansas City. It's it's an ambiguous wide receiver group. If you think it's going to be Kadarius Tony, I don't think so. I think you're right. Like Kadarius Tony has only proved to us that that he's the very model of inconsistency. So. Those are those are some, and I could go on and on and on. But Matt, who are some of yours? I think my top one is Roshan Johnson. 
22 years old. 22 years old. You can't convince me that you'd rather have Dalvin Cook in fantasy over Roshan Johnson or shoot, even Aaron Jones in dynasty right now with, with where these running backs are at in their career david montgomery right now as a win now ta- win now team i know maybe seth and i don't agree on on roshan johnson versus david montgomery but he's he's one i i am trying to build all of my core teams around no matter what stage i'm in rashad white's another he's at 24 years old dobbins is not 25 yet so per the per the structure of my questions <laughs> Rules the rules, the I, I specifically made sure to, to, to let myself get that, get that pigeonhole that in there. But, and then when you look at an, another rookie on the wide receiver side of things who should be way higher. And if you look at the world-class win now slash rebuild dynasty rankings on the player profiler dynasty rankings, you'll see that Jordan Addison is above some pretty marquee veterans already as a win now player and so jordan addison's somebody who and i'll take him over over Trey or uh yeah over Traylon burks over jerry judy over Jahan dotson over george pickens over amari cooper over calvin ridley certainly over deandre hopkins so jordan addison's a piece that if he's the if he's the number two receiver hawkinson's there number two receiver there's enough room in that passing game for all three of them and he's gonna be he's gonna be a top 30 option and I'm just keeping going down this list. This is another question where I just couldn't limit it down to, to one or two people. Uh, I, just I, was, started. I was the same way. I, I, cause I knew I didn't want to steal. I, I didn't want to steal all of the answers. So I stopped. I stopped, <laughs> but you go ahead. My final one I have written down on my list is Trey McBride. He's, okay. he's a, he's yeah. a tight end that I'm going to continue to talk about as his value is, is just way too low. So we talk about he, he's a he's a future piece, but he could also be the tight end one and one of the top targets in this team this season, next season at the very latest. So if I'm a win now team with how cheap I can get Trey McBride, I'm definitely trying to secure him onto my rosters, especially if the future of my tight end spot is not secure. Yeah. How do we feel about Traylon Burks? What do we think? In. All the way in. I actually, I feel like I got ahead of myself. I feel like I got ahead of myself with Burks over Addison and win now. I feel like I I said it in my head and I decided not to stop my take and just keep talking. (laughs) Just go with it. Because I'm just looking at these rankings, right? And I'm listing names and I listed Burks and I'm like, that, that that didn't fit. But I, I, I'm in close. I mean, I bet it's close in our rankings. I don't have our rankings pulled up right now, but I bet it's pretty close. I mean, if you took Addison over Burks, I mean, three spots. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. It, it wouldn't be a, oh, my God, I can't believe you took Addison over Burks type of thing. But, yeah, I mean, there's so many targets in that Tennessee offense. And Tannehill's still there, I get it. But they drafted Will Levis, who could have some upside. So it's it's it, that's a very intriguing situation. I like Chigakonkwu for the same situ- reason because there's just so much volume. He had a really efficient rookie season as a tight end, 23 years old. So, yeah, um, Sky Moore – um, as well as one of my favorite players to be adding right now. It's a total projection, but I think it's a projection. Like, if who who do you think is going to take those Juju Smith-Schuster targets and those, like, who's the most likely candidate? I think it might be a player like Sky Moore. So, um, I and, it, and it's a player they took in the second round two years ago, or two years ago or a year ago, however you want to say it. Probably a year ago in the last draft. That's how you say that. Anyway, um, 
Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, you've been an, an absolute stud with the draft kit. So uh, what do you what do you have to plug? Where can the people find you? Tell everybody everything there is to know about Jonathan Lang. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me at Fourth and Lang on Twitter. And I have been working on the draft kit. And it's I actually have some something else on that tonight. And I'll also be doing our underdog ADP article series. That'll probably come out here in about a week about risers and fallers on underdog best ball drafts this summer. All right. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I just have to say this because Jonathan didn't do a good enough job, in my opinion, of propping himself up. Uh, Theo Gremmon, Jonathan has been our director of contents, right-hand man with this draft kit. I mean, he's just, he's been available. He's written up so many players and he does a fantastic job. So that's another reason why you need to go get the draft kit, which is live right now. You can go get it right now. And it's, it's amazing. And Jonathan put his, uh, put some hard work into that. And we greatly appreciate Jonathan for doing that. And Matt Babbage too. And, you know, wrote a, wrote a bunch in that draft kit. It's like, great people that you see on this show that their their sole interest is they want you to win at fantasy football like and so when you bring all these people together with that mission we just produce something fantastic and that's what this draft kit ended up being so um sorry to hijack uh matt babbage's time but matt babbage what do you have to promote I couldn't say that better myself. So recently I have been just putting a lot of effort into the draft kit, been making sure that, that I'm kind of keeping bandwidth open as, as we've been trying to, to put that to a close shout out to Theo Greminger for all of the, all of the incredibly hard work that he's put in trying to coordinate all of this in, in the last hours before we, before we fully start, start plugging this thing to oblivion. So shout out to Theo there. He's the best. Um, so in the draft kit, you get, you'll be able to find a handful of blurbs from me as well as two full player profiles for Javante Williams and Mark Andrews. So I'm very excited about those. And then you can also find two team reviews slash previews uh, from me as well with the Patriots and the Seahawks. I just I, I, I got to say, I looked at those player pages or the team pages for the first time over the weekend. Those things are those things look incredible. The graphics. Sure from just the layout of the text with the signature trend breaking up the the preview and the review there is truly and and i know it's 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 a plug from somebody who's associated with the seller but it is truly the best comprehensive draft kit i have ever seen and it and it blows me away you know when you when you have more of a peek behind the curtain yeah. of how how this stuff is is put together just blows me away you know the the amount of talent we have on this team and the people who you know put so much hard work into this so so go buy the draft kit it's incredible i promise you know or it, if you don't think it's incredible i will i will give you your money back um no no i won't uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll clip we'll clip that that small part out <laughs> Yeah, we'll highlight that. We'll put it on the, the play profile on Twitter. If you yeah. like the draft kit, Matt Babbage will give you your money back. <laughs> if you yeah. if you come in my DMs asking for a refund for the draft kit, I, I'm just gonna let you know now. I'm not answering. So um, anyway. Anyway, you shouldn't ask for a refund anyway. You're not going to need to. Too good. You're really not going to need to. So other than that, uh, we have a we have a staff series called Win Your League with Player Profiler. Uh, six of us, uh, Seth, myself, Theo, Maddie Kiwum, Jack Cavanaugh, and Jason Allwine, 
have, have got together to to start give you our, our four breakout players at each position. Last week, we gave you our breakout running backs. I promoted James Cook. And then the, the, the receiver one is dropping this week, correct? Yeah, not tomorrow, but the next day. Friday? Was that Friday? Friday? Yeah. Yep. So it'll come then, out Friday. We got yep. hung up there with Dynasty Week. But anyway, so it's coming back. Yep. So we will have receivers out this Friday. And then and then going forward, I believe it's tight ends and then quarterbacks. So that was a really fun, this is a really fun series to do. We're not stopping the breakout candidates. We're going to be keeping this thing going, this collaborative series. You know, giving you six different POVs from the same prompt is is something that that not a lot of places are doing. So so happy to be a part of this. And uh, you know, Seth and I are, are cooking a lot of stuff up behind the scenes with with uh with with this show. So just stay tuned for some incredible content. Yeah, I feel like this show has come a long way since we first started it. So I appreciate the audience and I appreciate all the guests that we get, like Jonathan and Matt has helped me grow the show. Um, so it, it's, you know, and it's on Player Profiler Network, which is something that is, was cool when it happened. So I really appreciate everybody involved. We have such a great team here at Player Profiler. Um, and it's it's really awesome. Like, I just don't know what else to say about it. But we produce some of like, and for some reason, I still feel like player profilers underrated. Like everywhere I go, I, I ask people, hey, like they ask me what I do, and I tell them, I show them the website, and everybody's like, oh my god, like this is cool. You guys give away that, like it's free. I said, yeah, a lot of it's free. You can pay for stuff too. You probably, you know, <laughs> the draft kit you have to pay for, but look at all these stats and metrics that you get for free it's i don't think there's anything else like it that i know of i mean it's it's really it really is um i don't know i just don't it's 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 fantastic stuff it's the best stuff out there and i'm not just blowing smoke i really feel that way and uh so anyway go check out the free stuff before beforehand for sure like go check out the articles all those are free go check out the player pages all those are free go check out that stuff um like i said we got Articles pumping every day. Every day we have a new article that'll help you. It's designed to help you in, in underdog. Like Bradley Stalder just published an article. Fantastic best ball player. I mean, if you, I read the article, fantastic. I learned something and I've been playing best ball underdog for years now. So fantastic analyst. Go check him out. Um, we have, you know, like I said, the, the breakout series going on that'll come out Friday. We have new writers that we're promoting um, as well. Um, so check them out. So we have some newer writers coming through the program and it's all fantastic stuff. And uh, so I can't, I just can't advocate for it more. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Seth underscore Dewald. And I've also got a YouTube channel as well. So if you want to go do that, you can. Um, so anyway, I think that's the show. Do, do we have any final words of wisdom for the people who are still with us? Yeah, uh, the, if you think the content's stopping here, the GOAT District is, is live right now, and you'll be able, you can catch that now, or you'll be able to catch it right after this is done. So JD, Theo, Dan, and I, I actually don't know who they have on this week. <laughs> I, I didn't get sent this show sheet again, but uh, I'll be in the chat there as well. So so come watch the GOAT District. There, It's always great content. I learn something new every time, so so hop in. Jonathan, any, any final words of wisdom? Any per- nuggets, pearls of you know, intelligence. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will say one thing, just one quick stat before we get out of here. Um, Cause there was a quick quote thing about Justin Herbert. Uh, did you know that he was behind? Let me back 
up here. He was 31st in average, not average depth of target, but it was average completion target of yards. And he is now getting a new offensive coordinator. I think he's going to be better than people realize this year. That's that's some of my favorite my favorite stacks. Or they're so easy to get as those Chargers. Like give me get, get all the chargers, chargers that I can get. Yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That is it for the Dynasty Roundtable, the inaugural sort of episode of this thing. So thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Watch Trade Gods tomorrow. Do it. It's a great show. And we will catch you next time. And oh, by the way, nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. We'll see ya.